0: To you from somewhere along the Ohio West Virginia border, welcome, hitchhikers, to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, or the No Frills, No Bullshit bi weekly movie review podcast, where we are opening the month of May with our Wild West theme. But without further delay, let's get this wagon train rolling to Tumacari. You guys ready? Let's
1: Pray! Let's get this all right?
2: Gonna well, go down to the hoedown. Here we go, here.
0: <laughs> I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and joining me for episode 37 out here on the highway are my co-hosts who aren't yellow-bellied city slickers. Howdy, folks! Here you see more catchers. <laughs> I'm
1: big king of the
3: road. <laughs> We're doing westerns this month.
1: Wee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Saddle up. So the strain on Nostalgia Railway does stop at Tucumcari, and we're about to find out that Lee Van Cleef is the wrong one to fuck with. Two <laughs> bounty hunters set out to collect the top bounty in all the land. Bound for El Paso, our heroes take on a few other challenges along the way, none of which include eating spaghetti. <laughs> the villainous El Indio has made himself the primary target along with his band of hoodlums, and we discover a secret that turns this narrative into a story of revenge. For episode 37, we're reviewing For a Few Dollars More from 1965. Written
1: – okay, listen.
3: I'm going I'm to stop right there. There are <laughs> names in this that I'm not going to be able to – well, listen. I'm just going to say that I'm going to satirically pronounce them you know, intentionally wrong. So
0: <laughs> okay, I okay. say it wrong. Okay, so before you do, I just want you to know there are certain things that I made your responsibility – because I always want to take them cuz I'm like oh man these names are these these names are whack you know and I'm like okay I'll take them well, I'm like fuck that this is Dave's movie yeah. he's taking these sons of bitches and he's going to take them all and I'm pridefully announce them <laughs> to the best of my ability oh like it's his movie
3: take it all right I've got a bottle of uh, 101 whiskey here for my what do you call that uh my bourbon on the rocks that I'm here oh. here tonight. Nice. All right. The screenplay was written by Luciano Vinceroni and Sergio <laughs> Leone. While Sergio Donati and Ferdinando Di Leo Leo were uncredited. Yeah, sure. And Enzio Del Aquafina also <laughs> went uncredited for the original treatment he wrote.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: so if so anybody I'm, if anybody questions my name here, sure, go to IMDb and figure it out yourself. You know?
0: <laughs> You're in the ballpark. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. So uh, actually something I did uh, find out about the uh, original screenplay that was written by L- Luciano Vincen- Vincenroni. Vincenroni, I yeah, so. uh, He actually wrote this in like eight or nine days. And then I guess Sergio Leone didn't really like a couple things. And then that's where we have all these other um, people in here that have these credits. Mm -hmm. So, but the original treatment was like like written in eight days. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty cool. It's a simple story. I mean, but. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but there's details to it. That's what.
2: Right. There's a lot of twists, backstabbing, you know. Double crossing, triple crossings in this movie. It's great.
1: Yeah.
2: That's amazing he did it in nine days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it
0: was eight or nine days. I can't remember which one. Hmm. But
3: him and there was always posses Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sergio Leone took on the directing job from him. And we get Clint Eastwood as Monco, Lee Van Cleef as Colonel Douglas Mortimer, Gianna Maria... Gianna Maria. <laughs> Volante as El Indio, and Klaus Kinski as Juan Wilde, the Hunchback. Klaus, the wild man. Yeah. He was young. He was young here. Yeah. This is distributed by United Artists, rated R, has a runtime of 2 hours and 12 minutes.
0: Do you really think this is rated R? I think this is PG-13.
2: Not for 65 and not... Not with uh, some of the scenes that are in it. No, it should, it's,
0: uh, uh, it's for sixty five. I get okay, yeah. But I'm 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 actually when I asked that I was by today's standards. But yeah, for sixty five, yeah, I get that. But I feel like shouldn't it have like gone through like a like a re-rating process or something possibly? I don't know. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's definitely PG
3: thirteen by today's standards.
0: Okay, but yeah. yeah, you're right, Ketchum. There, you know, back in sixty five, this was. Because I, I even was like, "Oh, okay,
2: didn't yeah they, okay they, they pushed the envelope a few times in this movie, so
0: sure,
1: yeah.
3: <clears throat> so this movie actually debuted in 1965 in Rome, Italy, and wasn't released in the United States until almost a year and a half later on March or May 10th,
1: 1967
3: Wow <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Why did it take them that long? Did it it takes it? a long time to
2: travel by ship. Yeah, I
3: suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is sixty. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah <laughs> It was made with an estimated six hundred thousand dollar budget, grossed five million in the US and fifteen million worldwide, became the highest grossing movie released in Italian cinemas ever in nineteen sixty seven. This had an eight point three out of ten IMDB rating, a meta score of seventy four, Rotten Tomatoes ninety one percent. And the audience score of ninety four percent. It's currently streaming on the Stars app, where you can buy or rent it from two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. That budget yeah. uh,
2: to you know gross ratio is fucking amazing. No it's wonder massive. they did. I mean, this is the th- second of three movies. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. They call it the Dollar or Dollars trilogy.
3: Oh, yeah, I was Do- called it okay. the Man with No Name trilogy. Personally, but, I've
0: heard it called yeah. that too. If so. you want to
3: be a pussy about it.
0: Well, but here's the thing. I mean, he has a name in every single one of them. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Well, as usual, spoilers ahead. And while we may not cover everything, there will be significant spoilers discussed in this episode because, well, I mean, it's 55 years old. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Go watch this movie. Jesus. (laughs) Some people uh, or R.H. hadn't seen this movie, I heard. Who? This was my, my first time watching. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was uh, this was a uh, – I went in virginal with this one. I like mm. it. Yeah. it's scary. The you don't watch very like, many westerns, do you? More modern ones I do, uh, but even then I'm still kind of picky, selective on the ones that I do. The last one I can recall off the top of my head besides like Django or Hateful Eight that I liked was – Probably open range with Kevin Costner and uh, Robert Duvall. That's a slow burn movie if there ever was one. But I don't know what it is. I I really like that movie. I like that story. Cool. It's good performances, but uh, yeah, this is uh this is my first time seeing this. Is this the first time you watched any of the uh, the Dollar Trilogy movies? This is the first time I have legitimately, from start to finish, been engaged, watched what they refer to as a spaghetti western. Oh, this was my first one ever. Right on. Okay. I mean, obviously, growing up with you know the elders of the of the family, (laughs) you know, these were the types of movies that were on, and uh, I hated it because I wanted to watch other stuff. You know, I wanted to watch <laughs> The Goonies or Jaws or something. I didn't want to watch some Western with John Wayne or Clint Eastwood or right. some war movie with Audie Murphy, you know. So <laughs>
3: Kill him, but, Smalls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, first time watch.
3: Cool. What the fuck is this?
0: Okay, so Monko is not the same character as Joe in A Fistful of Dollars from 64, the first movie in this trilogy. And uh, this was the finding of an Italian court that adjudicated the lawsuit brought by Jolly Films, who was the producer of this full of dollars. And uh, after the release of the movie, Sergio Leone had a falling out with the producers, and he made this movie with a different producer, and Jolly Films sued, claiming ownership of the Joe character, but they lost when the court decided that the uh, the Western, what they refer to as the Western Gunfighter's persona, characterized by the costume and mannerisms, belong to the public domain's folklore. And supposedly, this movie's title is kind of like a uh, clapback at uh, Jolly Films, you know?
2: Yeah, a few dollars more, yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, it works. That's cool. Yeah, it does work. I like that. I love. I like that play on words, and
2: it goes well with the title of the first movie.
0: So. yeah it makes sense,
2: so Monco is Spanish for one handed or one armed, which makes sense considering he uses his left hand pretty much the whole movie uh but his right hand is always inside of his poncho um resting on his on his uh, other gun so they did they did well with uh, substituting the name Joe for Monco,
0: yeah, I was wondering like Monco like what kind of a name is that right? So yeah. He throws
3: a good left Judy chop, though. I know. They're in the first uh, <laughs> attack he has.
0: It was in the bar?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah he throws a good Judy chop to the, to the collarbone, I think. Judy chop! <laughs> 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 so besides Clint Eastwood, there are other actors that performed in all three of the Dollars trilogy by Sergio Leone. And we've got Mario Brega, Benito Stefanelli, Aldo Sombrell, Lorenzo Robledo, Antonio Molino Rojo, and Frank Brana. That's your trilogy caster. And
2: I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Frank Bonna. I think he died in it every episode, or every uh, movie yeah, in the series. Huh. So, <laughs> yeah, those are some complicated sounding names, Dave.
3: Yeah, it's alright. I, I breezed right through them. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: You did great, Antonio <laughs> Molina
3: Rojas. <laughs> Molina Rojo.
2: <laughs> so Clint Eastwood, he didn't really necessarily make bank on a fistful of dollars. He only made fifteen grand, um, but he, they paid him a little extra for this one, fifty grand, which is that's a big bump. Very well in sixty-five, to be yeah. honest. But dude, he he killed it on the next one, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. He made two hundred fifty thousand plus ten percent of the gross, so he took him for the proverbial ride.
3: <laughs> well, the good, the bad, and the ugly is regarded as the most triumphant of the three. I think. I mean, I don't know why. We get into that on a different day, but I don't really see it as the best of the trilogy.
2: Really? Is that what? So that's why we're doing this one?
3: Yeah, to me, I this is my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. It's my favorite of the. Dollar Trilogy, and oh, I don't maybe. think you have to see the other two to watch this one. That's no. you know, perfectly fine to watch. Well, and I, asked
0: you, and I asked you about that. I'm like, okay, he's not the same guy, but, like, this is a trilogy. I
1: was like, even, okay. in,
2: even in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, though, he, he goes by a different name. So you could watch any of these right. movies
0: at any moment, and right. it'd be fun. Well, and that's... And that was what my concern was, was. Like, so we're watching the middle movie of a trilogy. This is what we're gonna like. It's so, a trilogy
3: but, in the same light as what we just reviewed was the apocalypse. Right, trilogy. those yeah, two movies exactly. are standalone yeah. films that someone called them a trilogy because they you know shared a a tie. Well, that's right. what this shares. But yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, everybody plays just,
2: different characters. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef, he even plays a different character in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly.
3: Yeah, totally. He totally does. Clint Eastwood basically plays the same character in all three. There's not right. so much
0: to in that. Right. But I'm fine with that. Well, well Clint, he uh, he wasn't really ready to commit to this movie uh, because he hadn't even seen Fistful of Dollars yet. So he ended up uh, getting an Italian language print because of – English version didn't exist yet. It had him rushed to him, and he had a group of friends come over, and they had a debut screening over at the CBS Production Center, and uh, Clint kind of tried to kind of downplay the movie, to be honest with you, because he didn't really know what to expect, and uh, no one... Didn't understand Italian, but in terms of style and action, the movie spoke volumes, apparently. Uh, Clint was quoted as saying, everybody enjoyed it just as much as if it would have been in English. And uh, pretty quickly, he was on the phone with uh, Leon's representative saying, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll work with him again. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Didn't you see the first one? And I get what he's saying, like, you know, where as far as just what you're seeing on screen, I mean, you don't. Even if it, you know, is in a foreign language, I mean, it. In that regard, it does translate well. I, right? I think it's a pretty cut and dry movie. Like you said, Dave, it's not a. This is not a overly complicated plot. I mean, it has a little, you know, twist turn here and there, but overall, pretty basic, pretty simple. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's why it's effective. Sure. Sergio Leone broke a lot of Hollywood rules at the time of this. However, he wasn't aware of them while filming. Amongst them, showing the shooter and the victim in the same shot, a horse being gunned down, marijuana use, and a
0: rape scene. I was wondering if that was, if that was dope or not, or if it was yeah, like, the yellow like looking, some kind of halluc- yeah. hallucinogenic type something rather. But showing the shooter I'm telling you, man, and the victim in the same shot. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. That's a dumb rule.
3: Yeah, it doesn't really. I didn't know that was a rule. Right.
0: Well, they had some, there were some dumb rules.
2: The town of El Paso, designed by Carlos Simi in Almeria, Spain, was the biggest set from which uh, Leone ever worked for. Well, I guess at the time, it was reused for some scenes in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, as it stood uh, as different uh, different towns in the movie. It's still standing today, and it's called uh, Mini Hollywood. Mm. So that's pretty cool. If you ever
0: want to go to Spain,
1: Hell check yeah. it
0: out. So, here's my first little nugget. Do do both of you guys have, like, your iPhone, like, handy where you can, like, do a search in your little GPS app?
3: What's an iPhone?
0: (laughs) I have AOL, dude.
3: (laughs) I have a rotary telephone here on the wall.
0: (laughs) Western Union, Pony Express? (laughs) Send me the telegram. Okay. So, if you go on Google Maps or, like I said, whatever GPS app you have on your phone – Type in Lee Van Cleef. Just type in that on the map then, step. Yep. Yeah. What popped up? Let me know when you get there. Spain. Yep. Oh, oh, that's
2: pretty cool. So you see, Dave, it's the uh, it's the town set. It's the uh, right. the town. Yeah,
0: yeah, It's 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 where the final duel actually takes place. That's exactly what it is, and uh, what it's called is it's a. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Cal or Cali, Lee Van Cleef. And Calais, Clint Eastwood, it's kind of like a little loop. And uh, that is the location of the final showdown in the movie. And from what I gathered, Cal or Cali, uh, when it's abbreviated, it translates into road. So that is Lee Van Cleef Road and Clint Eastwood Road. Hell yeah. That's, that's all the cool. way in uh, Spain. Uh, that was like no fucking way. So, of course, I had to look and sure enough, right there it was. So, yeah. All right. Oh, that's pretty neat. Well,
3: yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, you learn something new every day on Nostalgia the Highway. There
0: you go. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Sergio Leone. Or is it Leone or Leone? Which which way is it?
3: I think it's Leone. It's Leone? Leo Leone?
0: Okay. Oh, no, like, go ahead. Sorry. Just like Ennio
3: Morricone. <laughs> it's
0: got One on the end. Leone. Okay. <laughs> he actually wanted Henry Fonda for the role of uh, Mortimer. But uh, Fonda turned it down. Uh, next approached was uh, Charles Bronson, who wasn't interested. And then it was Lee Marvin. And he ended up refusing it because he just signed on to make uh, Cat Ballou in 65. And uh, I guess Leone also considered Jack Palance for the role of Mortimer before offering the role to Lee Van Cleef, who hadn't worked in movies since he did the uh, movie How the West Was Won in 62. Um, he did have a pretty steady amount of work in television despite reports of uh pretty much basically being an alcoholic from what i understand mm. and uh despite having you know a successful acting career for many years this was Lee Van Cleef's first major role in a movie he'd mostly appeared in you know westerns and he was always relegated to smaller roles so yeah this was like his his comeback and wow oh yeah i could totally see jack palance playing this role, though. Me too. He was the only name where I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like Lee Van Cleef. There's something about the first movie I ever saw Lee Van Cleef in was Escape from New York. And uh, since then, (laughs) and since then, I've seen him in other things. And I tell you, he's just got a look. He has those like squinty, just naturally squinty eyes. And they're just, they're real shifty. And it really added to the mystique of his character of Mortimer, because you really never knew until the very end, literally the very end of the movie, of what his true intentions were and what he was going to do and what he was all about.
1: Yeah. And
0: I thought that was genius on Leone's part. I, I loved that he held that so close to his vest and made the character hold his hand that close. It, it, it added it added an elevate it elevated the movie for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he played uh, many – there for a second, I thought he was going to be, you know, one of the bad guys working with El Indio, you know?
0: I didn't know. I never – well, I – Which is great. uh, But I think mostly – and I I think it's because, like what I was talking about with Lee Van Cleef, just his facial features. I mean, he just – he looks untrustworthy. I guess that's what I'm trying oh, to yeah. say. <laughs> you
1: know,
0: he looks like he's a shiesty son of a bitch, You're like a dastardly cartoon character. Yes, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: pulling on those mustaches. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, well, um, he sends in Clint. He
2: sends in Monco to do most of the dirty work while he sits on the sidelines and shit. You know, I mean, it's all but done by design. You know, so so you know he put him in harm's way
0: immediately. I never once thought that mortimer was in with Indio. i never thought that i did feel for a good portion of the movie that he was going to turn on clint eastwood he was going into business for himself yeah yes yeah, no I, I, did, I did i did i did see that's kind of what i was thinking was going to get set up yeah but i never thought clint was going to be the uh the heel in this one not one not for one moment
3: fair yeah. enough now, my first uh, impression – well, the first time I saw Levi and Cleef was in The Master, the 80s TV action crime fighting ninja yeah. show. I don't know if you ever caught that, but it was uh, – I think it was only one season, maybe 84 to 85, somewhere between 84 and 86. And, I know I've seen know, episodes of it, but – It had a really cool little you know, intro jingle to it, and I thought it had something going for it because he was such an old – you know, man in that movie and you're expected to believe he's playing a ninja and he's doing some pretty good acrobatic shit and you're just like, there's no way Lee van Cleef's actually doing that. But as a kid, I didn't really catch it. I just thought, man, he's a badass old dude. <laughs> yeah, The Master. If you've never seen it, check it out.
0: I've heard of it. I am I know, and I know I've seen episodes of it, but. Okay. That's my first Levin Cleef encounter. Which year's, uh, Lord? Mine was Escape it's, from New York. Escape from New York. Yeah. Same. Yeah a yeah, hawk
3: yeah. several scenes were shot for this but it is debatable if they were shown in any version of the movie they include Monko looking at a reward poster for Red Cavanaugh and later taking the poster of Indio off the wall when Indio was broken out of jail he baptizes his gun Monko <laughs> beds the hotel manager's wife Mary in El Paso she looked good from the neck to the waist at least oh yeah absolutely
0: fair enough she's beddable
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Put a plastic bag over it.
0: <laughs> For 1870s, she's not bad. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's all day, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
3: Monaco shoots three of India's men by a river, transposed into a desert setting instead. In Agua Caliente, India. Caliente. Is ca- caliente. You know what that means,
0: right? Hot water.
3: Hot water. Oh, yeah. Agua and okay. Caliente. <laughs> We're heading to hot water.
0: And that's exactly where they ended up was in hot water, and that's literally right. what happened. They were yeah. in hot water. I like. I thought that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah.
3: Nice catch, Lord. India and his gang relaxed with some women from the village. Stills Relax. exist. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what that means. It was petting. <laughs> Stills exist of all of these sequences. Oh. So look them up. In 1967, the censor removed Indio's rape of Mortimer's sister and her suicide, but it has been restored for DVD and Hmm. Blu-ray. Okay. 100%. He's
1: he's
2: got a problem. (laughs) I mean, dude, the guy literally kills somebody, smokes a joint, and then climaxes. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. (laughs) The guy's guy's nuts.
3: (laughs) Was the climax scene cut? Because I don't remember that.
2: Well, I mean you could see it, you know, in his face. He's like Oh yeah.
0: Uh you know, he's
2: just very happy at the moment, you know. I got he you fucking by kills somebody, hits a fucking joint, and he's just like, Oh yeah, you know, just letting it all set in. It's a, it's it's how he gets off, man. Hmm. At least that's what I took from it. Sure. <laughs> Hitchhikers. <laughs>
1: let us know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did Indio climax <laughs> <laughs> In a literal sense or a figurative sense?
1: Very oh,
0: <laughs> So did you guys realize that uh all the footage that they when they filmed it it was shot silent. There was no sound. Yeah, and then they brought everybody
1: Okay, so that was a normal
0: practice then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right.
3: If you ask me, Sergio Leone is the best at doing that. From all the dubbed over films I've seen, I feel like these really Clicked. I mean, everything fit pretty good. You notice there's a a delay and the the words don't match all the time, but most see, times they do.
0: I, see, I thought with Clint it was pretty spot on. I yeah. thought it was a little shaky with Lee Van Cleave, but yeah. like everybody else, for the most part, I mean, they were all you know Italian or yeah, uh, yeah. Spanish, and yeah. They, obviously it wasn't going to match up with them. But yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't realize that because. I thought Clint's. I mean, apparently Clint's was just really good at just mimicking exactly what he did the first time. You know,
3: I was going to say I just wondered if Clint's part was recorded on, you know, on set, and left, it was. or it was he was dubbed over too. Like he dubbed yep. himself over.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, they I I did see where they said that him and Lee Van Cleef they returned to Italy where they were uh, they did the uh, okay. dubbing over for their dialogue and they added in the the uh, sound effects.
3: Well, I'm impressed Sorry. by Clint's part for sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what made it really kind of surprise me. And apparently older cinema, I didn't realize they shot shit silently, so who mm-hmm. to me. Neat.
2: El Indio, he didn't even speak a word of English, actually. Um he, he did the whole movie in Spanish. And then when they did the redub and you know, for English, he actually spoke all those lines, but he had to have an interpreter there to to tell mm-hmm. him every single word. For Come that on. double, so
1: okay, interesting.
2: Yeah, he did not. He doesn't. He didn't even know what the the English words mean. He just said them, right? Huh. That's he interesting. Did, he had no idea.
0: Interesting. What is up with the cartoon rooster shitting at I during the opening credits for what is it, Tobis or tobus? What is up with that? Yeah. It's hilarious. But what what's up with that? I've never seen that before
2: that's a that's a production company logo or distributor company. <laughs> I
0: don't okay. know what the hell
2: that's
0: it was unique uh, it, yeah. it is it's it's hilarious. I was like, well, What the hell is this
1: yeah.
0: it's like it's cool I think that the just shit and eye that's okay mm-hmm. all right yeah, seeing
2: old
3: logos
0: like that are really cool, yeah, I have never seen that before.
3: I like the style that they they used for that opening credits. I mean, and the color and the, I don't know the way it's just kind of paint moving type stuff. I
0: don't know. That's neat. Yeah. Very of the time. Yeah. 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 I just was like that. That <clears throat> made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, okay. Here right. we go." Yeah.
3: Tarantino you know, tries to recreate a lot of those. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah,
2: he was obviously a, you know, obviously Django with yeah. Franco Nero. I think there's like four different movies, and yeah, so he he's a big spaghetti western guy. This is a cool ass opening though to a movie, in my opinion. The soundtrack is fucking awesome, guys. Yeah. This
1: is
0: yeah,
2: <clears throat> yeah, Nobody it's pretty up- cool.
0: It it's cool, I but I it's like very over the top with the score and the the. You know the gunshot sounds and just it's you know, like, oh okay I see where Tarantino gets it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: you know. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah, it's crazy. No, but that's a really good. That was an awesome shot by the the bounty killer in that taking out that guy on the horse, man. That that was awesome. That's a great opening to a movie.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. I was like, oh okay, all right.
2: Yep. You know what you're in for. <laughs> there's a lot of death in this movie. I know there's like, there has to be over 40 kills for sure.
0: Uh, 40. I, the number is 46 is what I guess. 46.
3: There
2: 46.
0: That is extremely yeah. high. Yeah. For especially 65. For, yeah. Yeah. Especially for 1965.
3: So we start out with Mortimer coming in on the train and uh, both him and Monco really established their badassery in this Right at you know at their first scenes. Um, yeah. Later, of course, Indio shows how ruthless and aggressive he can be.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, man. When I mean, obviously, it was all done off screen, but like he killed old boy's wife and kid. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, that was not expected. Yeah, that's me. a
3: wow moment. Yeah. He ain't playing. And that's one of my favorite uses of the 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 jingle that comes along too when we get the the pocket watch the
0: very effective
3: yeah. yeah yes they you know in that scene you get the fucking church organ you know pipe organ sound and dracula music in the middle of it and it's just really yeah. cool it's yeah. an interesting
2: it really mix is. a lot of old westerns did that actually you know had that like nice somber Almost um, jewelry box esque yeah. kind of music. Um, <clears throat> I know my one of my my very personal favorite uh, western, which is Big Jake. It's a John Wayne movie. They incorporate that a lot as well. So this movie, it made me like this movie a little bit more. Okay, I like that.
3: What year was Big Jake from? Oh God, That's a rough guess. Here, hold on, I'll
0: look seven
2: seventy four. Okay, seventy four. I'm going to guess. 71. 71. Yeah. So it had Maureen you know, O'Hara. Maureen O'Hara was in it. Actually, John Wayne's kid, one of his boys, was he plays his son in the movie. So it's pretty sweet. Neat.
3: Cool. I'm going to have to check that out because I really am lacking Good movie.
2: Knowledge. It's my it's my favorite Western
0: all yeah. time. Huh. Nice. I may yeah. have to uh, look into that one too. Yeah.
2: Oh, well, it, yeah, it's my favorite definitely, 100% my favorite John Wayne movie. So, okay. But as always, Clint Eastwood gives us a very cool, nonchalant, over-the-top badass. Yeah. And who do you guys prefer? And you know, as the American cowboy, Eastwood or Wayne? Cuz definitely between those two.
3: Oh, let's say Clint, because I haven't seen enough John Wayne, and you've just, you know, encouraged me to try one that I might enjoy. So I really don't have a great uh, reference history of John Wayne movies that I liked. So I feel like it's not really a fair thing to say. I like Clint Eastwood
2: movies. I'll give you four John Wayne movies to watch. And Hitchhikers, this is is all for you guys, too. So Big Jake. Then you watch The Cowboys. Okay. Then you watch. Rooster Cogburn and True Grit. Okay. There's I was going to say
3: movie. I didn't know there was a movie called Rooster Cogburn.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, that's actually the first movie. It it's this, it's the very first one. Rooster Cogburn and True Grit, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. But it's about his name's Rooster Cogburn. All
1: right.
2: So.
0: Yeah. It's good shit. Well, for me, I have never seen a John Wayne western, okay? Uh I have seen unforgiven from clint eastwood it's more that's modern one. oh it's very good very very good movie um but i would have to go with uh king here and just kind of by default uh i'd have to go with clint right on i hear you man
2: I mean, you're I, not you're not there's not really a right answer here you know right.
0: but i do uh with the list you just gave uh they're on my watch list i'm gonna see where they're streaming and whatever ones they are i'm they're on my list I was wrong. Six, true Grit was first, then Rooster Cogburn.
2: So, oh, okay. Also, I okay. Was wrong.
0: So, yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah, you got the movies. Yeah. So, but but watch them. Watch them.
3: Okay. I've, yeah, seen yeah. in, awesome. I've seen him in The Alamo, and wasn't he in the, end, the Man Who Shot Liberty Balance? Uh, I've never seen that one. Okay, well. So I don't know. I've seen him in stuff, and I just, you know, he never really impressed me the same way.
2: Right on. Right here. All right, boys, for me, though, it's John Wayne. I mean, he came first. I know he, he's – I mean, it's just something about him. It just makes him better. I don't know. Like um, you alluded
3: to, there's no wrong answer.
2: Yeah, but he gets more dialogue, I guess, than Clint Eastwood really did. He's always been really quiet in his movies and stuff. So he's he's got that stare down now. Yeah. The Duke talks, you know, his talk. He talks the talk. He walks the walk.
3: He's As sassy. He
2: yeah. So, yeah, John Wayne. My okay. favorite.
0: That's a good question.
3: I'm going to give him more of a chance. Yeah, you've been Yeah, me
0: there. too, absolutely. Like I said, I'm going to definitely uh, start plugging some more movies in my watch list. Oh, cool, man. Awesome.
3: What do you guys think about the du- uh, duel we get in the street between Monko and Mortimer after Monko basically tells Mortimer... To fuck off he's already here you know and wants him to take his bags to the train station it was fun yeah
2: those zings like the the whistling of the bullets man they are fucking over the top in this man.
0: yeah they are are. (laughs) it's over the top but i'll be honest with you i loved it and i was grinning kind of the way i am (laughs) a little bit right now because it was just like you said it was it was fun yeah I love
3: the one-upsmanship we get between, especially with Mortimer when he gets his turn. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
2: So, do you think that Mortimer was the better shot?
3: Obviously, he's the established veteran.
0: I think he. I think he answered the question there with that. Yeah. Supposedly, Van Cleef he he says
2: that he had a faster draw than Eastwood in real life. Okay. In real life, he had a faster oh, draw okay. than him, so he proclaims it. By like that's like cool. an eighth of a like an eighth of a second faster or some shit like that. It's crazy, that's hilarious. But that's, that's so all funny. it takes, you know. That's right.
0: right, life or death. That's right. Now I, I'll tell you what. And before that, that poor Chinaman, and and I, and I can say Chinaman because we're back <laughs> in 1870 here. So uh, when Clint and Lee Van Cleef are out. Uh, face to face out front of that uh, hotel him going back and forth that was hilarious that was to, funny
2: to the stable or to the station he's like yes,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love that that was hilarious That's so funny he and, has a
2: mental breakdown
0: right <laughs> he finally just drops him like Whoa. in
3: his native but tongue he said i quit my job he
0: said fuck this <laughs> you don't pay me enough for this I even really like the follow-up scene after the uh, the one-upmanship with the hats, uh, where they're in the parlor, I guess, and they're just kind of having drinks and talking. I love that scene. I love scenes of good dialogue and conversation, and really? I it, to me this one kind of stood out a little bit. I really I liked it. It's funny
2: too that um, Mortimer always calls um, Monco little uh, boy boy and, and he and he always calls him old man
0: so. right yep. well and, they, and and i guess in real life there was only like a five years difference between them and right. i you i would have kissed your ass i mean lee van cleef looks i don't know that gives a little bit of validity to the whole drinking aspect that you know Absolutely. supposedly it's happening because he does not look he looks way older than what he right. really was Right, the dubbing is a little distracting for me.
2: I don't understand how you can't just sync it up. I mean, you're so close. Fucking move it over just a little bit in the dub. Um, but overall, the storyline that we, you know we get oversees all that shit, so it makes it more. I, I can definitely watch this movie at any time. So, yeah. what, do, what do you guys feel about this? The dubbing. <clears throat>
0: For me, I I agree with you completely with the dubbing. It's 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 distracting. For me, it is distracting. But you're also correct. The story and everything else that we get, you know, it's so good that you kind of just you let it slide. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's
2: for the, for the time, you know, if that's all you got, that's all you got, which right. would make this a pretty badass movie. You know.
3: Right. For me personally, I think this is one of the better dub overs I mean that I've seen in my life. I think different languages maybe dub over into English easier.
2: But they're 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 speaking English for the most part in this movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's but why just... that's why well, yeah, and Van Cleef, I find it hard a little hard. They can't get it that much better. <laughs> I'm just saying i guess seen, I've I've seen worse. It's
0: all oh yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Did either of you guys feel like the score was very similar, at at least at times, with the, uh, the, the song Ecstasy of Gold from Morricone? Because I really felt like for a few moments at different times in the movie, I thought, oh, is it in this movie? I didn't think that it was, but I wasn't sure. And obviously, being a Metallica fan, I know this is the... You know, the uh, ecstasy is gold. Ecstasy of gold is the uh, music that they always open up every concert, every show with.
1: I mean,
3: for the past um, thirty
0: or forty years, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, did did you guys pick up on that or anything at all? That it sounds like the
3: ecstasy of gold. It
0: was similar at times. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same conductor, same style of movie, so I think it fits that it's almost like a, you know, yeah, a B side on the same soundtrack.
0: Okay. Right. So my question then to you, Dave, is: Do you think that this this score was better than the Ecstasy of Gold? Oh boy, that's a hmm. tough one. Okay. <laughs> Good. They're both they're but, both uh, A
3: pluses. I mean, they're both the uh, the best of Neo Morricone. I mean, it's those are arguably his two best theme songs. I think.
0: Where does the thing come in? Just because we just reviewed it, thing, yeah,
3: I get that high. I just like his western okay. style stuff. I didn't care for that. It's not that it's bad. It's just it doesn't rank with his western stuff to me. I can't fit him in the
0: same glove. I don't know why.
2: I, I agree, Dave. You can't you can't compare to. Them.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you because I mean it's almost like he just kind of emulated. Carpenter's style for that movie and he did very well and we talked about that too so I was just curious but <laughs> alright and I'll tell you what whoever else did whoever did the uh, whistling for Clint's theme music I mean they are professional alright like, I'm I pretty like the sure you mean.
3: you mean Alejandro Alessandre or something like that he's got a oh, double you, name
0: oh <laughs> you know who it is yeah it's
3: Alessandro Alessandro or something
0: he is professional, man. I'm telling you, like I said, man. I like the whistle and stuff, and I kind of consider myself. I do it pretty well, but man, did this Alejandro, <laughs> dude? He takes it to yeah. a new level. Like I was impressed beyond belief, man. Like it was that was some top notch whistling, man. Seriously, no bullshit. I think Sergio Leone. YouTube? He
2: did. Uh, he did the beginning that that whistling before the opening credits of the movie. But that was Sergio Leone whistling, actually.
0: I did. I did read that. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah, but what for Monco's theme, man? Like, dude, right. that was that was some serious whistling, man. I loved it. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: All right. So, what do you guys think of the pocket watch jingle? It's a uh, to me really haunting and eerie, creepy as shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I love it. But I, I can
2: it. I can't get enough of it. I kind of yeah. want to listen to it all the time, you know, just yeah. over and over and over. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking badass. Especially like if my children are doing something bad mm-hmm. or something, I just want to be like, "You, you are on limited time. When this jingle ends, you're fucking grounded." I mean, <laughs> or some shit, you know. I don't know. It's I it's love
0: badass. it. I yeah. love it. It it is a great gimmick because like you get you pick up pretty quick right from the get go. What do you got there?
3: I got a pocket watch.
0: Oh. You son of a bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so that
3: for me.
2: Dave K to the Road has the pocket watch from... a few- Wow.
0: That's yep. fucking sweet. I'm not going to say it's the pocket watch, but right. he has a pocket watch that does that, and that yeah. is bad fucking ass, dude. He even has a picture of the sister yeah. in it. Of the rapey. Dude. <laughs> yep. Dude, that is awesome. That is so cool, man. You do are our hardcore fan, man. Damn.
3: Well, you know, I've been wanting it for a while, and the wife just I was like, you. yeah, you know, stimulus check. I'm getting <laughs> some. <getting> so <laughs> you just bought
2: this? You just got it?
3: Yeah, it just came yesterday. Right on. Cool, man. That's awesome. It's from uh, Dude, Straight Line so cool. Collectibles. I got it on Amazon, but it's through a distributor called Straight Line Collectibles. They have licensing for this, and
2: I hear it slowing down. That's so yep. awesome! You, like you know, it's yeah, coming. like I
0: feel like I like I don't have a gun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys! Babe.
0: It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's
1: cool, yeah, dude, man. That is That's so awesome,
0: awesome, man. Comes in a black. But no, box. like this
3: says the for a few dollars more on the front. And on the inside, it says, when the chime ends, pick up your gun.
0: That's so cool, dude. That is so freaking cool, man. That's probably my favorite element about the movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. I hear you, man. I get that. I, I
2: is, Me is, knowing is it, you,
0: I get that. I understand <laughs> that.
2: Do you think it's the score of overall? Or
1: together. Or just
3: that? Yeah, all of it together. It's a great story. It's a great score. It's Perfectly acted. I love it. I love everything about it. Right.
2: I know El Indio, he had some issues with uh, Sergio Leone on, to, on the set. Really? Making him re- redo shit, and he didn't want to, you know. So he, I think this is his last Western. I'm pretty sure this is his last Western. Really? Because he was tired of the genre. He didn't think it was, you know, he wanted to do other shit. and So it's pretty cool. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: And it ties in good with uh, Fistful of Dollars. I mean, I feel right. like, again, more so than what uh, Good to Bad and Ugly does because it just, I don't
2: know. Sure. Yeah. Well, they had, yeah, Fistful of Dollars is the seed, you yeah. know. So, Monko and Mortimer aren't bounty hunters in this movie. I just want to make that very clear. They are bounty killers. Mm and um yeah. emphasis on that killing part <laughs> there You're is not a wrong. Oh, yeah. shit ton of killing so yeah we, we i think we discussed it what did you say at 46 or 49 kills
0: maybe. 46, in 46. 46?
2: that's insane dude yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that's that's mega high yeah. mega high but I, man
1: yeah i, was I, I think i
0: was blown away by that but i love the fact they're like they're
2: bounty killers so it doesn't even mean – so it's wanted dead or alive. You know it's going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Why would you – it's it's just like in Django. Chris, you know, Christoph Waltz, he's saying you know it's better – it's easier to bring back a dead person.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. You don't have to feed it or anything. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. It's pretty bad. I don't know – I mean, it's, I mean, that's, I mean, if that's what your profession was, I mean, that's honestly, that would be the mentality I think you would have to have because, I mean, it's it's from a practicality standpoint. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, right. let's just be real. I, I, I just don't know that that, that would have been the, uh, the business venture for me.
2: I think if I could have been, been a bounty back hunter then. or a bounty killer. I think I could have done that shit. I, I can see that. I could see that. I'd be comfortable with it. <laughs> i i would justify it to myself at least
3: so. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what about you well, Kane? there's always red dead redemption 2 you can play and, yeah. hey i i beat the shit out of that game so did you? <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: an awesome game dude it's great what did you guys think of uh mortimer's like fancy schmancy tools of the trade like his little uh I I love this, by the way. His little drop-down saddle attachment gimmick he's got going on, yeah, dude. I thought that was slick as hell, man. And how he's like totally unfazed by being shot at while he's putting together that six shooter attachment that Clint makes fun of him for later on, dude. It's like like a, it's like a
2: pistol uh, rifle hybrid kind of thing. You know, it's
0: got a bust and everything. it's, It's a (laughs) Pieful. <laughs> it's, it's a
3: badass. I know rest, that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's a neat looking little deal. And I was just curious, like, what did you guys think about that? I Because it was so different, I thought.
3: I'm a fan. No, okay.
0: <laughs> Bring more of it. Dude, I, I like creative weapons, you know, so. Right. I mean, as if Lee Van Cleef didn't already have my attention when he pulled the uh, emergency stop cord on the train to stop to Macari, when he did his little roll-down thing on his horse with all the rifles, I was like, oh, hell yes. This is a cool cat.
1: Hell yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, do you guys think that they explained the uh, relationship between Mortimer and her sister adequately or timely enough to be effective for this final showdown?
2: No, but <laughs> here's the thing. It's okay because, I mean, I get this whole, it's just a big suspense buildup. I get it. I would have liked a little more clues, let me in yeah. a little bit, you know, but yeah. to know it, it was his sister, you know, and he had the exact, and he had a pocket watch with the exact same jingle, the exact same picture as old boy did. So I don't know.
0: To me, I, I kind of feel like I, I like that they, like I said earlier, that they kept it back close to the vest, so to speak. For as long as they did, because if you would have told that sooner, it would have given it away, I th- I, I, I think, too soon. Right. I well, like I mean, the fact that we don't know, because, you know, it, like I said, I mean, for the, a good portion of the movie, I'm waiting for Mortimer to turn on Monaco. I'm waiting right. for it. Yeah, right. Literally so- up until the very end. And that's why they until kept it, so. I see names rolling up in front of my face, like I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on it yet. Like seriously, no,
2: I think if they let in on it just a tad, um, at least that he was his sister, um, and if they would have kept the the rape part until the very end, because that would have been a big shocker, you know. Right then, that, it would at that point be like, okay, I'm justified. I know why he's going after. El Indio. So if they I, left I'm the like, play part well, till the very I, very end, and because uh, that's a big shocker, you're like, oh, it's just weird that she would kill herself while it's happening. That's that's the real big moment of the movie, in my opinion. You're like, oh yeah. shit! I mean, that's
0: hardcore. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. No, I honestly, I, everything the way it was delivered, I liked it. I like the pacing of it. I like the delivery, the timing, uh, the order. Uh I have no I have no issues with it. I, I understand what you're saying though there, Lord. Um but for me personally, I I, I like what we've got. Right on. Okay. But you're also yeah. coming from the perspective of a uh, you know, virgin spaghetti western viewer. So right. Right. <laughs> but what about you, King? I mean, what do you think?
3: Oh, I think that's fair. I think uh, I mean it could it could have went either way. It was just one of the curiosities I had when I watched this If if I would have felt differently about it, had I known sooner. And I thought, you know, that was a, it's one of those questions that had it been answered sooner, I might not like it as well. So yeah. Right on. There you go. But they did, I, I, I don't think it's so much that I minded that when they revealed it as much as how they revealed it, not being strong enough to that you understood exactly what we're dealing with here on the first try like it took me a couple of times of watching it to understand it fully well how old were you when you watched it Well, i mean i was an adult okay right 20s maybe okay cool i don't know i remember well, I, yeah. see, I saw
2: i saw this movie i think i was like 15 something like that so i thought it was, it was entertaining though again the uh the score captivated me yeah the most though you know so
0: well, I was 40 when I first saw it, and I thought the uh, Indio and uh, Mortimer's sister were brother and sister as well, so... Yeah. You did need another rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
3: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's vague. It's very vague, the uh, understanding of who's who. I,
0: I, I see what you're saying, King, it, and, and it does seem like it's a little bit... I mean, you could say that maybe it was a little rushed and kind of glazed over, I guess, um, but... No, I.
3: Yeah, I think that's a fine example of what I'm saying. Is that you didn't catch that it wasn't his sister.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew it was Mortimer's sister. Correct. But I thought. Correct. Yeah. Right. Well, they played all the
2: cards in the last three minutes of the movie, you know. So yeah, it's hard to catch up everything and process it all. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where the you know you kind of feel like maybe at the end everything is just a little the pacing of it is just very just boom 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 and it's just all right here. One yeah. right after another, and well, I mean, the movie's style. already
2: the movie's already two hours. It's over two hours at that point, you know. So, and, and but it moves, 65, 65, it moves well. I think. yeah, for but for sixty five, that's a long ass
0: time to watch a movie, you know. So sure, sure. No, I thought. I mean, but for being as long as it was, I mean, it, I thought it moved well. I mean, it kept my attention. I was engaged. So, but yeah, good point.
2: Okay, guys. So, do you think that Monco does the right thing at the end? By uh, we know he collects the bounty for Indio right. and his gain, but he grabs that satchel of the the robbery take from the El Paso it's up in a tree. Right. Um, I mean, do you guys think Monco returned that money? Or do you think he pocketed right. it? Because he he seemed like he was money hungry throughout this
0: movie. I'll tell you right now. Two words. Hell no. No, he ah, didn't. Right on. Okay. He took the money and ran.
2: Yes, he did. He uh, took that yeah, money and I, ran.
0: Did he make bank? Yes, <laughs> he did. He got that killer payday where he could go off to a... Uh, some fancy beach and kick his feet up and just relax.
2: Well, he said, yeah. if he got the bounty for El India, he's going to retire. You know, if he got the full 10 right. K, he definitely yeah. got more than that. <laughs>
0: yeah. You big know. time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think there is absolutely zero chance. Monko turns that money in no hell. No, no way.
3: <laughs> I'm with you.
0: You think he yeah. kept it? No.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He kept it. <laughs> he yeah, he it in? No way.
2: Dude. He may be a bounty killer, but he's a renegade, you know. Yeah, so. he is. Yeah,
3: he is.
0: <laughs> well, guys, is that uh, pretty much wrap it up? We uh, ready to go into our ratings and uh, our wrap-ups? Absolutely. All right. Who wants to go first? Yeehaw!
2: <laughs> 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 no, guys, but for me, this is a. This trilogy is actually really good. Uh, I do mind uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Dave. It's it's it is a good movie. I can see your qualms with it, but the trilogy itself, it, as a whole, is fairly decent. I mean, I, I obviously he is the same character, even though he's different named in every single one of them. But that's that's kind of cool, you know. It adds some mystery of him. Is he going to? Is it the same person, and he's going to a different town every time, acting as a different person? You know, to change up his because, well, it's a good reason why he would change his name. He kept the fucking money from El Paso robbery. You know, it'd be a good time to change your name. You know, so um, the score is fantastic in this movie uh, for for a Western movie. It, you know, if people born now. This is what you would this is what you would think of. As far as, you know, a th- what a theme from a western would be, you know, this is this is the cliche theme, I guess.
0: Coming from a a, a greenhorn, uh, yeah, I I would agree with that. Right. The whole everything, whistling. everything. Yeah, everything.
2: Yeah, that whistle, you, this know, whole you know, movie, all of it. Right.
3: Here's yes. my challenge. I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I just now thought this this is a good time. Uh obviously John Williams, John Carpenter, and Ennio Morricone or I don't know, maybe not obviously, but they're three of the best of all time movie mm-hmm. composers. And if you put them in a pick two, kick two category, I don't know as like I could pick one of those three to kick. I mean they're really, oh. really closely matched. You would have book.
2: to throw in Jerry Goldsmith and then, then we gotta that's a good one.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. Goldsmith. I would have to For kick sure. him though. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, at that point, it's like you're you're kind of asking, like, what finger do you want to cut off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a you know? yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I I feel like that's the uh, that's impossible. <laughs> I I don't think I in any. I I can't answer that.
2: That would be that's a tough. great pick two, kick two.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I have to make that one. Might have to. That's a tough one. Good call, King.
1: Yeah.
0: Challenge accepted, reluctantly, (laughs) man.
2: So Clint Eastwood plays what Clint Eastwood plays. You know, every all of his cowboy movies. This is it. You know, minus his when he like an Unforgiven. You know, this that was different, but um, this is the quintessential Clint Eastwood cowboy role. Ben Cleef kicks ass. He's great. You know, you just never know what the hell he's going to do. And uh, I, I'm not going to pronounce the guy's name who plays El uh, Indio, yeah. but for the, I think he did a fantastic job as a villain. Um, yep, dude. I mean, you're killing children and a mother. You know, in front of the father. Yep. And then and then you like I said, you know, you 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 smoke your marijuana and then you he, he's got that that look on his face of total appeasement and then whenever they go to like to do um sadistic stuff you know like when they're when they capture mortimer and, and Monco, you know with his laugh you know it's it's very maniacal um it, it now it gets a little um overzealous because i'm like okay it, I don't know if they're just trying to burn time or something like that, and use it as filler. It's like the stare downs; they kind of the, the the back and forth aspect of the the stare downs. I think that shit is a little over the top and overzealous. Well. I'm
1: you
3: like, didn't okay. Think so, in Return of the Jedi,
2: Wait, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> all right, I just wanted
3: to bring that up.
2: <laughs> Absolutely no, but uh, all that. All the shortcomings don't even justify. Don't even cover the what's going on. What's good from this movie? This movie is a top. I I know Dave. This is your this is your tops, but it's not like my top. It, it might enter my top ten. Enter yeah. it, you know. But it's Just definitely top twenty. It's definitely top twenty, Bob. Definitely top twenty uh-huh. for uh, westerns for me. But I enjoy a lot of westerns. I don't
3: know.
2: So. Hey, it, okay, Dave, it's coming in inside the top 10. About 8 or 9. Alright,
3: right? alright, that's better.
2: Alright. <laughs>
3: I've
2: I seen, I seen the anguish in your face.
3: Yeah, also, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> 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 top 20, my well, ass. Well,
2: get ready, gunslingers. I mean, We're going down to the hoedown, and uh, old Lord Ketchum's coming in with a 7.5 out of 10. That's
1: fair. Pew pew pew!
2: So yeehaw, haw right. motherfuckers, yeah, well, this get your th- shit-kickers <laughs> on.
3: <laughs> as, as you've made known, this is one of my favorites of all time, and I really think it's Clint Eastwood's best appearance in film. Oh. Um, it's it's my favorite Clint Eastwood role in, in, in this trilogy. I just like the way he's so smooth, man. He... Uh, Holsters that pistol so elegantly smooth man, yeah and he's
2: it's
0: just hes just, even
2: van cleef in this one he he did really well with the movements of the gun yeah. and everything, but, you know
0: hey both those guys were cool fucking cats in this movie, man, yeah. for real yeah. they really are, I think that's
3: what I love about it, yeah, this these two connect you know perfectly, they're a great chemistry of actors, and you know obviously used them again in the the third of the trilogy, but yeah, I I can't fault any acting abilities from Lee Van Cleef or Glenn Eastwood. These are easily my two favorite roles, or I mean, you know, each of them respectively. Oh, this yeah. movie is, is the the western I go to if I want a nice rainy day sitting on the couch, you know, stuck at home. <laughs> like we are now. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say that, but you know, <laughs> it is a good time for it, so yeah, why not? Absolutely. Yeah, this comes out of the ten. Obviously, I can't cheat around it any longer. You
0: didn't toy it around as long as you could. <laughs> ten out of ten for King of the Rings. Oh, my God. There all it right. is. Okay, well, let's go with the exact opposite. Let's go with the first-time <laughs> viewer, all right? So... With this being my first legitimate full-on viewing of a spaghetti western, I like I said I I understand more of Quentin Tarantino's influences for Django Unchained, especially, but also uh, for Hateful Eight. Like you kind of talked about there, Lord the the shifty-eyed facial close-ups during the tense moments, you know the you know the, the gunshot sound effects, some of the dialogue. I mean, it's all over the top, and all in all.
1: I dig
0: it. I you do. dig I, it. Oh shit! I do. Right I do. Okay. I do. Uh, the dubbing it, it annoys me, but oddly enough, prior to this, I I, I kind of been watching some older dubbed over movies, mostly horror. Um, but you know, I've kind of noticed that if you know, if the scenes are shot from a distance or from a certain angle, you know, et cetera, uh, you know, the dubbing is not quite as annoying. You know, it kind of almost makes it a non-factor hmm Um, so I'm coming around, King. I'm coming around. it's <laughs> slow. I'll ask. It's it's taking some time. Yeah, westerns uh, are a good genre, man. I mean, you should delve into it, man. You should. Yeah. But uh our main bad guy, ONDO, I, I kinda think he he looks like Oliver Reed to me.
1: Hmm.
0: Right on. A little okay. bit. Okay. Uh, and and like you guys talked about, ruthless. He's a he's an effective villain. Uh, I really I liked his role. I thought he was uh, pretty exceptional. You know, yeah. dubbing aside, the actions speak louder than the dubbing. Um, <laughs> uh, one scene that really stood out to me was the one with Clint and the old man who was credited as the old prophet. Yeah. While he was in bed with the train going by, it was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. And it almost seemed like it didn't fit the mood of the movie. But for whatever reason, for me, it worked. And I truly, I really enjoyed those two, their interactions and that scene. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good scene. Um,. I am so
3: glad you brought that up because that's something we didn't cover in this until now. And yes, that definitely is worthy of coverage. <laughs> I love that. It's scene, scene. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's so it funny. It's
0: it's good it's so funny, movie. and it really it just like I said, it doesn't match the mood, but uh, it's great. I really I, I I love that scene. I really did.
3: It helps you sympathize with uh, Clint's character. I mean, yeah, I think you know you see a softer side of him.
2: Yeah, it's his contacts. It's obviously known him probably since he was a kid and everything. So
0: mm.
2: it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I just love the the amount of smoke and shit, the dust that came in while <laughs> the paint the tray is passing. Dude, bottles oh are falling God.
3: down and yeah. it's just it's, it's wrecked. And it's, and it's funny
2: too because he's so old school for that time, you know, because you can reference it nowadays. I mean, the hell, I do it. You know, I'm like... I don't understand this shit. You know, like he's bitching about trains being, you know, the the end of the world, and you know, not necessarily the end of the world, but what's wrong with the world? <laughs> it's right. At least that much, you know. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so a lot of people can say, you know, technology's the fucking that's
0: bad, you know. Yeah, the rule go of mankind. Yeah, go ride your. Bike it's easily shit. translatable. Yeah, good call, man. Absolutely. No, but I I did that that scene for whatever reason that really stood out to me and I I enjoyed it uh, I I really love I love how Clint just makes people pack up their shit and they leave <laughs> <laughs> I, that is so awesome it is so freaking cool man he's uh, a honey badger. <laughs> Yeah, he is, man. No, I love it, and I gotta get me some of those Strike Anywhere matches that Clint has. Oh, on. Dude, I'm dude, telling shit. you, those things are absolutely money. You gotta get those. But uh,
3: I think he rocks you know. the best uh, sim in movie history too—the Sig and mouth, or cigar <laughs> and mouth in this case, where he just you know yeah. has that thing hanging out, uh, yeah. squinty eyes, cigar and mouth, cool as fuck, or cool AF.
0: Yes, he is. Yeah. I really enjoy the double-cross, who's-playing-who aspect of this movie. Uh, movies that have characters with ulterior motives that are unknown to the viewer, they really work for me. Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef, they are a knockout pairing. I mean, the chemistry between these two guys is 100% on point. It's incredible. This was a very enjoyable watch, and as a for, for a first-time experience, uh, I, I liked it. Fellas, this is a solid 8 out of 10 for me. I've really enjoyed this. This was a, uh, this was a fun movie, man. It really was, you know, it, the, uh, everything with it being over the top, you know, it, it was, I don't know. It worked for me. It really did. Uh, I was engaged from start to finish everything in between in the middle. Um, that's this a surprising is a, rating. This is a really good recommendation. King, uh, I'll tell you so much that I've even added the good, the bad, and the ugly to my queue on Amazon. It's the only one that's available at the time, uh, at this time. But uh, yeah, I I want to see more. Cool. Oh, yeah, dude! You won't be disappointed, dude.
3: And fistful of dollars. Don't forget that. We'll, we'll find it somewhere. I'll get you my copy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch anywhere streaming, but the the good, the bad, and the ugly was and. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll get that in before we get our next episode in, and I'll uh, I'll give you guys a little uh, mini review of it. Cool. So, all right, hitchhikers. Well, this concludes our review of "For a Few Dollars More." Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this Clint Eastwood spaghetti western classic. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast. Be on the lookout for new announcements and updates and be sure to visit the King Art Facebook page where you can find a wide variety of amazing artwork from the King himself. And also hit him up on his Etsy page. That's That's his own thing too. The King does business there. He's got a super sweet
2: uh, Mount Rushmore I call Mount Kilmore of the Friday 13th Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers on it. It's great. It's fantastic.
1: Yep.
3: It's yeah, awesome on Etsy, at King Art Designs. Buy that Art designs. Shoes. Let's go quarantine. You got you know stimulus checks coming. You know, get some artwork. Get on you some wall,
0: wall hangers. Yeah, That's what man. I've been doing. That and buying fricking Blu-rays. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, you can also email the show at nostalgiahighwaypodcast at gmail.com and our Twitter username is at highway We'd love to hear from you all, hitchhikers. So hit us up. We want to give recognition and thanks to Sean Jackson and Cody Jones for the theme music they provided for our show. And uh, join us next time, guys, for episode 38 as we continue our Wild West theme where we will review the star-studded cast ensemble of Silverado from 1985. So on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and we once again thank you for hitching right along with us, and we'll pick you up next time out on the highway.
3: So besides Clint Eastwood, Mario Brega, Benito Stefanelli, Aldo Sombrell, Lorenzo, you know what? Fuck this. Why did you do this, man?
0: <laughs> you know why? Ari, told up, you. Hold
3: on. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Well, no. Yeah, no, man. I, I can do it. It's not that I can't all do right. it. It's that I. You're am almost done. Frustrated with why I'm doing it. Antonio <laughs> no, Molina Roja. Oh, I, got <laughs> it. Franca, I got it. <laughs> Start
2: Say it with an accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it might sound better. Sound <laughs> smoother.